0: Let's give God praise once again. Come on. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and glory, and we thank you for this moment once again to be in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for all you've done this week so far, all you've said to us in workshops and sessions and one-on-ones and altar calls. And however you've spoken, Lord God, we're just grateful for that. We ask you once again, Lord God, to just continue to speak to us tonight, to speak to every man and every woman, to speak to every young person, to to everyone who's online, to those around the world who are streaming in, Lord God, we thank you that there is no distance in your anointing. And I pray that the word of God that will come forth tonight will minister to our hearts, that we will not be the same, but we'll be changed in Jesus' name will be supernaturally changed, Lord God. Let every ear be open to hear. And let every heart be open to receive the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat if you would. What a a privilege it has been uh, to be here with you. As I always say, this is family. New Harvest, you are family. I'm home when I'm here. I love it. Um, It's just a blessing. Uh, You know, I I will say this to any preacher. If you can't preach here, then you're not called to preach. This place is hungry for the Word of God. You love God's Word. You love to be in His presence. It's such an honor. Amen. I really do. And Pastor Richard. and. And uh, Pastor Nancy, I love you uh, with all my heart. My wife loves you. By the way, my daughter wanted me to say tonight to tell every single one of you hello on her behalf. She's probably asleep right now because it's, uh, it's almost uh, 11 o'clock there. And, um, and, but she told me, to said, make sure you say hello to them tonight. I said, okay, I'll do that. So I'm a man of my word. Tonight I want to talk to you about potential again, but I want to talk to you about it in a way that I believe is going to challenge us to go further in our relationship with God. If, if I were to, um, you know, kind of talk about this, as last night we shared, this morning we talked about that God is restoring and he's resetting some things, his promises within our lives, his purposes within our lives. And I believe that it's for the church, for us, to really get back to a place where we can get full with what God has for us, because it's not just for us; it's for the world. There are others who need what you have. There are others that, that are waiting on you to be restored, for you to get back to that place in that to that to that place of righteousness that God has for you. God is resetting some things in our life. Everybody say that. Say God is resetting, God is resetting. some things in my life. I want you to understand something, that the reset is not against you. The reset is for you. Amen. The reset is not against you. The reset is for you. It's for a particular reason. So with that, when we hear that we have to reset some things, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you've been in your home before, and the power has gone out. And when the power goes out, it, you know, all the clocks in the house kind of, you know, start blinking. That's kind of what has happened. There's been a blinking, a reset. And so you have to reset those clocks in your house and on the microwave and, you know, in the bedroom. Well, God is resetting some things spiritually in our lives so that we can reach our full potential. Amen. I believe that, but here's what tonight is about. In order to reset, there's going to have to be some redigging. Everybody say, let's dig again. Let's dig again. We're going to talk about tonight digging. Now, I know that that sounds kind of weird coming from church. But believe it or not, in the Bible, there are actually stories, and there's God's doing some things about redigging some things in our lives. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about redigging some wells in our life. If I were to title this message tonight, it would simply be titled, Can You Dig It? <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, Can You Dig It? Can You Dig It has been said over the years many, many ways from many different places, songs and movies like you remember the Warriors movie, and that was where it was made famous, Can You Dig It? But, and it's also in music, it's something from the 70s and the 80s when someone would say, can you dig it? They're basically saying, do you understand? Can you handle this? Are you ready for what is, what's coming your way? And see, I believe that the potential that God has placed on the inside of us, is going to require us to not stay where we are. We're going to have to dig some wells. We're going to have to redig some things. We're going to have to go deeper in our relationship with God and in our purpose with God before we can actually go and fulfill the, the, fulfill the purpose and the potential that He has for us. When you look throughout the Bible, you see God has put emphasis on wells. Wells were important throughout the Bible, and I know people are asking, what is a well? Well, because we live in a society where our water, we just turn on our our faucets and the water just comes out of them, but believe it or not, there are people all over the world that still get their water from the wells that are being dug in on their properties or within their communities. And it's important to know that God challenges us to redig some wells in our lives. The wells is where the water is. Or spiritually, the wells is where the rivers of living water is at. If you're here in your life and you feel like things are at a standstill, you feel like yes, I'm not fresh, I don't have that energy. It's time for fresh waters, it's time for fresh rivers, it's time for fresh wells to be sprung up in your life in the name of Jesus. It's time for you to get to a place where you're flowing in what God has for you in every area of your life. Can somebody say amen? amen. In the natural, a well is a place in the ground where water draw is drawn from. And we all know that and we've all seen that. But I want to give you a spiritual definition Of a spiritual well. A spiritual well are the promises and provisions of God made available to the believer who trusts that He is their source. It's like when you turn on that faucet, you trust that that water is going to come out. You don't have any doubt about it. You know if you touch the cold one, you know you expect cold to come out. When you turn on the hot faucet, you expect hot water to come out. Well, we have to get to that place where we believe that when we go to the promises of God, that when we turn on the promises of His Word, regardless if it's for healing, or if it's for finances, or if it's for peace, or if it's for fear, or if it's for a calling of God on our lives, that when I turn on that faucet, it. Out of that fossil is going to come rivers of living water. Amen. Everybody say, can you, can you dig it? It's important to know that, we, that we, uh, the promises and provisions of God are available to us. But it's going to require some digging. The Bible says in John chapter 7 verse 38, anyone who believes in me, May come and drink for the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart you see jesus knew this and jesus is saying to us anyone no matter the situation no matter the circumstances no matter the sin no matter the setback no matter what is in your life anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from your heart. You know what that means? That's telling me when I read that scripture that it's already there. It's already there. Everything that God is going to do in you and through you, this is why this com- this, this summit is so appropriately named. Potential. Why? Because it's already there. And in order for it to come out, it's not just going to come out. You're going to have to dig again. Can you dig it? Can you handle it? Are you willing to do what it takes? Because in the Bible, you'll see throughout Scripture, whenever a well was dug, it, 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 it was um, in an unoccupied area, they began to name it. They begin to name it. And that's what God is saying to us tonight. That as these wells are happening, and, and wells in the Bible, when they were dug in areas that had not been dug in before, are redigging, they would name those wells. The surrounding land was claimed, it became a lifeline for the community. And this is why it's important, New Harvest, whether you're New Harvest here or New Harvest in other cities, New Harvest in other countries, that as a community, when we redig the wells that God has placed in our life, it's going to bring life not just to this community of believers, but it's going to bring uh, um, life to Norwalk, it's going to bring life to Los Angeles County, to California and Mexico and other parts of the world. It's important that we... Dig again. Everybody say, Can you dig it? it? Wells in the Bible. When you saw a well in the Bible, there's many things that happen at the well. As a matter of fact, wells, when you would see a well, uh, there were divine appointments made at wells. When women and men would go to a well, there were divine appointments. I believe that when we begin to dig again tonight, there's going to be some divine appointments that God's going to meet you at that well. And in the, in the Bible, that when well at wells, there were divine opportunities... God would begin to provide opportunities for people when they were obedient and when they were willing to go to the well. And he would provide opportunities for them to begin to uh, do the call of God on their life. There's someone here saying, when God, when? When is it going to happen, Lord? When? I'm telling you, dig again. As you dig tonight, you're going to begin to see the opportunities. God's going to begin to show you a way. It's going to begin to become clear. At wells, there will be times when they would go to the well. It was the divine provision provision would happen you see, at the well, God has provision for you. God has the things that you're believing for, the things that you're needing in your life. You've been denied here. You've been turned down there. You've been told you're not eligible. You've been told you're not smart enough. You've been told you're not qualified. You've been told you don't have enough education, your skin color, your ethnic background. All those things have been said to you, but I'm telling you, at the river or at the well of God is rivers of provision for you. God has provision for every one of us. But We've got to be willing to dig again. And then at wells, you would see throughout the Bible there were divine freedoms taking place. Deliverance would happen. When they go to the well, there would be time and time again throughout Scripture. Just a few in the book of Genesis chapter 16, the revelation of Hagar and how God, uh, uh, what he did in her life at the, at the well. We'll read this here shortly in the book of John chapter 4 where Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well and, uh, and what took place in her life but there 's one particular story in the book of Genesis we want to kind of use as our foundation tonight. I want you to stay awake. I want you to stay connected because God got something for us tonight amen we 're going to shout before this is over tonight we 're going to shout before this is over. Amen in Genesis chapter twenty six as you turn there it 's the story of abraham 's son Isaac. Isaac was raised in the faith of his father Abraham, and there was a famine in the land and Isaac, and because of the famine, Isaac had to relocate. But God reminded him, as he's reminding us tonight, that as Isaac was relocating, God reminded Isaac that despite being removed from the land of your father, God was still going to bless him. God still had a plan for his life, and the promises would come to pass in his life. God promised him that uh, promise, Isaac and his descendants will multiply just like he promised his father you see god is no respecter of person God has a promise for you. God's going to bless the descendants of your life. God's going to bless your land. You will, you will begin to see the promises of the Father come to pass. As God said to Abraham and as God said to Isaac, God is saying to you, there is a flow coming into your life. Can somebody receive that right now? Can somebody accept that right now? Can somebody shout about that right now? Can somebody give God praise for that right now? glory to God. In Genesis 26, in verse number 12, we see this when the Bible says that when Isaac planted his crops, that year he harvested a hundred times more grain than he had planted, for the Lord blessed him. Everybody say, Lord, bless me. Amen. The Lord blessed him. Lord will bless you. He became, look, look at this, this is I love when my brother came up and talked about that God, we shouldn't be ashamed to be blessed because we see in Scripture, in verse 13, he became very rich and his wealth continued to grow. Somebody, you ought to, you ought to receive that right now. Not just, you know, don't just want to be rich, that, pray that you continue to grow. It's like he it said his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goat, herds of cattle, and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. Here's the important thing to know. If you have haters in your life, no matter what you do, there's somebody always hating on you. Somebody always, like, look at her over there all blessed. (laughs) Look at him over there increasing all that increase in his life. That's a sign that you are in the will of the Father. People are hating on you because you're worshiping God. You give, and God keeps giving back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'm telling you, you are in the blessed place. You are in your wealthy place. You are in the right place. And people became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father, Abraham. And, and, and Abimelech ordered, the king ordered Isaac to leave the country. He says, you've got to go. Why? Look at this. He says, you have to leave. Go somewhere else, he says, for you have become too powerful for us. Basically, you're too blessed. You're too prosperous for us. And so Isaac moved away to Gerard Valley where he set up tents and settled down, and he reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given them. When Isaac returned to the land that his father gave him, he immediately began to dig the wells again. And I believe that we have to do the same. I believe we're not just going to go looking for new wells. God wants us to dig some old wells. And I believe that what he said to Isaac, he is saying to us, if you want to see the promises, if you want to see the potential, you want to see the blessings, you want to see all that I have for you flowing in your life, you've got to dig again. I'm stirred in my spirit right now. What does it mean to dig? To dig means to break up. Now get ready, about to get personal. It means to break up and to turn over or to remove something. To dig means to break up, to turn over, or to remove something. Let's, let's, let's go real practical here. You know, when we think about digging in sp- from a spiritual thing, it means that I may have to break up some habits. Remove some attitudes. Remove some relationships. See, that God has been doing some things, and some of the relationships that we're like, oh, my gosh. I, you know, for some people, the pandemic, it was a good thing because you got rid of some relationships. You didn't know how to do it. You didn't know what you was going to do. And then the pandemic, like, helped you. Amen. I didn't talk to you in a year and a half. Amen. I don't need to talk to you. Why? Because you realized that they were holding up some things in your life. It was stopping the flow of living waters that God wanted to bring in our life. It was hindering the harvest that God promised you. You're going to have to dig again. Some of you, you blaming other people, but it's your attitude that's stopping the flow of God. You got a bad attitude. It's just, it's just, it's it's, just, its sad. It doesn't mean you don't love God. It doesn't mean that you're not a good person, but your attitude is just, it stinks. It just, let me just be real with you. It's funky. Your attitude is just like this. You know who you are. People telling you, people, you know, and God put people in our lives to help us see. We often like God speak to me. God's often speaking to us through our spouses, through our parents, through our teachers, through our coaches, through our pastors. He allow us. He's speaking to us. We let God speak. He's speaking when they telling you you got a bad attitude. I ain't got no bad attitude. Why are you always saying I got a bad attitude? Cause you got a bad attitude. <laughs> You got an attitude? Somebody got an attitude right now because I'm telling them they got a bad attitude. you sitting there with an attitude. Like, hmm. you don't want to got the bad attitude. You're preaching with that attitude right now. Now I'm preaching under the spirit of the Lord. And the reason why God is having me stay on this, because you can't flow. Your potential cannot be reached with the attitude that you have. Woo! God all up in our dirt right now, isn't he? Turn to the person next to you and say, can you dig it? Can you really dig it? Go ahead. Can you really dig it? Can you really dig it? Because it's one thing to say I can dig it, but it's another thing to really dig it. Because you're going to have to go deep. Now, let's, let's go further. Dig means to break up, to turn over, to remove something. Dirt is defined as a substance or something that is worthless. It fills you up with something. Dirt fills your life with something or fills up things that has no worth. Dirt by itself, in most cases, has no, no worth. Let me give you a couple of couple of meanings of dirt, because we often just look at dirt and say dirt. But let me give you a couple of meanings of what dirt can be known as. It can be known as crud. It can be known as mud. It can be known as filth. It can be known as crap. Everybody say, can you dig it? I'm having you say that because that's what it is See, we don't, you know, we're not just looking at the pretty, the pretty soil, the pretty dirt But to be honest with you, if we're going to redig the wells in our life We're going to have to break up some things We have to remove some things that are worthless We've got to get rid of some crud You're going to have to dig through some mud You're going to get filthy while you do it It's not going to be easy It's not going to be HGTV I love HGTV I'm telling you, I love—anybody else love HGTV? That's a sign you're getting old. If you like like, you go to the house. If you know where HGTV is, you actually know the channel number, you're getting old. And that's okay. That's all right. That's good. But HGTV is not what we're talking about right now. It's going re- to require some stuff. HGTV is amazing, man. You can, you can wait for 30 minutes, and it's done. If the Property Brothers ca- these people on these shows, I don't understand them. These people are just, I, you know, I, this is how I know it's all fake. A lot of it is fake. It really is. Not the, not the end result of the houses and the stuff they do, but they, there's nobody in the world that don't know who the Property Brothers are right now. If the Property Brothers knocked on my door, I'm, there don't have to be no negotiations. I, I'm not, I'm not going to like, sh- I don't know about this house or whatever. Have you seen the work that they do? Have you seen what, you know, man, listen, if the Property Brothers came to my house, I'm going to say, here are the keys, I'll be back in 30 minutes. Because <laughs> I know what it's going to look like. They're going to, they, and see, HGTV make you feel like, oh my gosh, that was so beautiful. But what they're not showing you is the crud and the mud and the filth and all of the, the, the challenges they had to dig through to make that house or make that property become what it is. The crap they had to deal with from getting licensed and getting approvals to, to things breaking down. You can always know. They let you in on a couple of things. Every other commercial you know, they're about to come out with, uh, we have a problem. Well, the people, don't, they don't budge. They're just like, okay, you know, we'll find a way to do it. You know, I don't even, you know these people on HGTV, on these shows, these people are blessed. The guy, be like, the guy is like an ice cream truck driver, and she's a stay-at-home mom, and their budget for their house is $800,000. <laughs> but dirt... Is something that's worthless. The things that we're gonna to have to dig through, please understand this tonight. The things that you're gonna to have to dig through is not gonna be pretty. Luke chapter 6, verse 48 tells us this: that in Luke 6, 48, it says like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. And when the flood waters rise and breaks against that house, it stands firm. Why? Because it was well built. What it's talking about is not the house. What it's talking about is the foundation that the house is on. You've got to identify the foundation in your life where there's shakiness at, where there's things that are worthless on your if you're trying to plant the potential of God on top of something that is unstable, it will fall when the first wind and challenge comes against it. So we've got to build our house on dig. on on the foundation of laying down deep foundation. Here's a question I have for you. Can you identify the worthless dirt in your life? What's the dirt you got to dig through? What is it that you have to dig through? Let's just talk about dirt for a second. I'm not the type of guy that knows a lot about this. There's some men in here right now and some women that know dirt. They know soil. They know this thing, but I'm just going to give you surface thing about dirt. I have had some jobs. The last job I had full time before I went into ministry was a job where I worked with a guy on a construction company, and it seemed like every project we had had to do with dirt. And the things I learned about dirt is simply this, that dirt can be hard, and dirt can be complicated, and dirt is dirty. And dirt is actually, but there's some things about dirt, if you, if, you, if you take care of it properly and use it properly, dirt can give life. Amen. 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 But it's going to require some digging. It's going to require some things in your life. And here's some things I believe the Lord wants to say to us tonight, that you can't be ashamed or afraid of the dirt. Write that down if you're taking notes. God will take, and here's why, because God will take the dirt And do a work. God's gonna take the dirt in your life and do a work. Those, you know, basically, He's gonna take that sin, that testimony, those things that you're ashamed of, He's gonna do a work with that. Do you know some of the greatest miracles in the church come from people who had a dirty background, who had a dirty testimony, who had a dirty life, but God? Is, is, is in the business. He's known for taking dirt and doing incredible things with it. He made Adam. Adam's name actually means dirt. Throughout Scripture, Jesus one time, a man was, was, was needing a healing. Jesus goes and take dirt, spit on it, and put it on his face. Can you imagine, like, Jesus, Jesus heals me. Heal me, Jesus. Jesus, heal me. Oh, yeah, I got you. God will take the dirt and do a work. Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, God said to Adam and Eve, you started out as dirt and you will finish as dirt. See, God's not afraid of the dirt. And we can't be afraid to get our hands dirty. But we got to identify the dirt in our life. And let me just say, the dirt may come as people. The dirt may come as pain. The dirt may come in as, as, some ways that maybe may hurt you from your past, and it may come through just your, your procedures and how you do things. Some of the procedures, you have these set things in your life, and God wants to break up them procedures and how you've been doing things and, and how, you, how you think about things. He's like, I'm going to break up some things in your life because there's rivers of living waters I want to bring out of you. But don't be afraid or ashamed. In John chapter 4, Jesus met the Samaritan woman who stopped at the well. He stopped at the well to get rest, and, and, and she came out there. This woman came out in, uh, to draw water in the middle of the day. Now, it's important to understand something. This is not normal for, you, for the women to come to the well in the middle of the day. But the reason why she came to the well in the middle of the day, because she was ashamed of the life that she had and the sin, and she wasn't expecting to run into anybody. Just like you came here tonight, you weren't expecting to hear this kind of message. You knew that God was going to talk about potential, but how? See, what's happening is just like the woman at the, at the well, she came to the well and Jesus was at the well. And you come here tonight, and I want you to know it's not Lee Wilson that's here. It's not Pastor Richard that's here. It's not Sister Nancy that's here, but it's Jesus that's here at the well tonight. And there's something he wants to do in your life. Look what he said to her. He says to her in John chapter 4 verse 10, he says, if you knew the gift of God and who he is who says it to you. I love how Jesus talked. He's like, he's talking in third person. He's talking in God person. He's like, listen, if you knew who was talking to you. Basically, if you knew it wasn't me that's speaking right now. It's not me that's speaking right now. It's Jesus who's speaking right now. Because how in the world would I know the things that you're going through? It's like some of the things that I'm speaking right now is so specific. It's so detailed. It's so accurate. It's so your life. That's letting you know that Jesus is at the well tonight. You've come here in shame. You've come here in pain. You've come here in your past. And Jesus is saying to you like he's saying to her. If you knew who it was that was saying this to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living waters. You see, some people are in a famine in their life, and that famine is not necessarily water or food. We've never been more blessed. As a nation, when it comes to material things, we've never had more than what we have now. There's so much happening. There are some people may never made more money. How in the world can you make more money in a pandemic? Um, it's amazing, but people have made more money in a pandemic. You've saved more. You've paid off things. There are things you've always wanted, you've gotten, but yet there's still an emptiness in the life. Why? Because some people are not just fi- financially in a famine or are, are, are food famine, but they're emotionally in a famine. In their soul, there's a famine. Spiritually, there's a famine. you want to know why? Because they walked away from the well. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13 says this. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. They have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Think about this. There are some people, there was a time that there was a joy for you in family. Family was a joy. Now it's like a, for some people it's like, oh my gosh, I got to, my family, I'm so tired of family. You've lost that joy of living water. There was a time when you used to pray and now you just complain. There was a time when there was peace, now you worry. There was a time when there was happiness and now you're just angry all the time. There was a time you were, you were so generous, but you're so stingy now. And you're holding on to things. And it's just, there was a time you had faith and no, now it's filled with fear. There was a time when you worship God and now there's idols all around your life and in your life. There was a time you were faithful. Didn't have to find, didn't have to call you. It was a time when you were on time every time you served, every time it was meant for you to be in children's ministry or serve as an usher or serve in the media department or serve in the school or serve in outreach or serve with the youth ministry. Now I'm just tired. That's what you say. Your wells have been filled. It's not a message of condemnation, believe me. Because if we're going to walk in the fullness of God, we've got to dig deeper. We've got to identify the dirt in our lives. And we've got to know that God has something for us. As a matter of fact, I love what the Word of God says in Isaiah 12, 23 from the Message Bible. As my brother shared earlier, it says this. Joyfully, you will pull up buckets of water from from the wells of salvation. Buckets of water. Buckets of fresh waters. And I believe that God is doing that. I believe that you're going to dip into the well of the river's of living water, and you're going to begin to pull off buckets of fresh anointings and buckets of fresh excitement and faithfulness in your life, once again, in the name of Jesus. He said it, if anyone believes in me, come and drink. Are you rolling the drink? But you're going to have to dig to get that water. You know, a large percentage of fresh water is actually still underground. The fresh water that we we wait for is actually still under the surface of the earth. As a matter of fact, 13 million households in America still today use water, private water, that's coming from a well into their house. There's some incredible things that have happened with wells. Years ago... There was a well in England that was built. It's called the Wellington Dean Well. I want to show you a picture of it. I have a picture of this well. And this well was dug by hundreds of people. This well is actually the deepest um, man-made dug well in the world. It's still active today. It's 1,285 feet deep. This well is deeper and taller than the Empire State Building. The men and women who worked on this well, they worked for 24 hours, seven days a week for four years. They kept digging until they struck water. To the point where it was digging and the water and the crud and the mud and all the crap that was on them had to take off their clothes because it was causing their skin to be irritated and, and all kinds of, uh, of, of things on their skin was happening. So they literally would take off their clothes. They're dead deep. But they were willing to dig and keep digging until they struck water. No, with candlelight, no light. They had candles. Some of them were in the dark for many days, but they kept digging until they struck water. If they're willing to do that, how willing are you spiritually to dig in your life, to keep digging into your marriage, keep digging into your family, keep digging into the promises of God until you see the flow of riving waters, God's plan, God's potential begin to flow out of your life. Come on, somebody, give him praise. Because the potential, the supply that God has for us is not on the surface. It's not just coming to church and, hallelujah, praise God. It's going to require some digging. You got to go deep in some things. James chapter 3 verse 11 says, Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter at the same time? From the same opening, if you are having flowing out of your life anger and and depression and fear and just all this stuff, that means it's not fresh water from heaven. That means you got to go deeper to dig some things out in your life. Why? Because if not, you will not ever become the potential that God has made you to be. I'm telling you. And I know some of us have been impacted and affected by the pandemic and you're living in that. But it's time to no longer allow distractions and disappointments and doubt and disobedience and disruptions. Because you got to keep digging like those men dig in that well. They keep digging for for four years. Some people give up in four minutes. Things don't go right, I quit. It's over. Four years, four months into your marriage already. Four months into being remember the time you wanted to be a parent? Oh, I can't wait to be a parent. Oh my gosh. Now they're 14. Now, now they're 14 years old. You're like, oh my gosh, why did I want to be a parent? You prayed for those things that are in your life right now. You asked God for those things, and, and now you're ready to quit because of, of disappointment. Because of some challenges, got to keep digging. And sometimes, we don't see it coming. The disruptions come out of nowhere. It's, it's like I was on a plane coming here the other day, and I'm telling you we're on a plane, and I've been on many flights, many, I've flown millions of miles, and you ever been on a plane and turbulence come out of nowhere? And you'd be like looking around like, oh my gosh, you know, trying to act like you're not afraid, but you're holding on to stuff and act like, like you were reading, like looking up, no, you're scared, you know. Or you ever been on the road driving in a pothole, come out of nowhere, it's like hit your car, feel like, you know, literally feel like the wheels fell off, like boom, 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 boom. And you're like, you, you, but you, you, you know, it's a disruption, but you, you handle it. Amen. Spiritually, the same thing. Some of you, you've been hit out of nowhere. There have been emotional turbulence that have come. There have been things that have hit you out of nowhere. But I'm telling you, the day is coming. you got control of this. You didn't lose control. You're still here for such a time as this. But are you willing to dig? Are you willing to do what it takes? And it's going to require something. You're going to have to shovel your way out of this. You're going to have to shovel. You know what a shovel is? A shovel is a tool. I actually have a shovel here. It's a tool. It's a tool that uh, we use to dig and move dirt and other things. But here's what I found out. It's so interesting that all shovels are not created equally. There are all kinds of shovels in our life. This is a garden shovel, I was told. I'm not a gardener. Some people, how many gardeners we have here? I, I, anybody here like to garden? There's a couple of people. She, don't be ashamed. Go ahead, clap, lady. Go ahead, ma'am. It's like, yes, that's me. Mm-hmm. And I'm good at it. She started clapping and hear anybody else clap. Oh, wait a minute. Clap oh, Wait a minute. Don't be afraid of what you do. You, you garden, girl. But all shovels are not created equal. This is a... This is a garden shovel. And then there are other shovels we have in our lives. There there are different types of shovels that we have in our life. Here's another shovel that we use for, I think, gardening and stuff like that. I got a shovel that I know everybody in here knows about. There's a shovel everybody knows about. Here's a shovel. Here, it's called a spoon. (laughs) You've been digging a lot. A lot of us have been digging, and I'm with you. We've been digging a whole lot. We got, we got, you know, it's not COVID. You didn't get COVID-19, but you got COVID-30. So Some of us got COVID-40, and like, in the name of Jesus, I'm free from that. But all shovels are not created equally. There's, there's all kinds of shovels. Um, there's a... Here's an interesting shovel. And this is the shovel that most people don't ever know about. This is a manure shovel that you deal with and dig crap. <laughs> it's what farmers use when the cow and the horses and, and all of them, they just did that crap out. And this is the shovel that we got to learn to use the most. Because some of us got some crap in our life we got to dig. We can't let it sit around anymore, smelling up the place, and you're going to have to dig. (laughs) You're going to have to get that crap out of your life, and you're going to have to dig. And here's the deal, I have, I want to paint a picture for you. You're going to have to dig, and you're going to have to uh, get the dirt out of your life, in some cases, the crap, and you're going to have to dig, and you're going to have to, and it's not going to be easy. You gotta, you know, you gotta use your back <laughs> when you shovel. And I'm telling you, it's, it's not pretty, it's not. And as this represents the crap in all of our lives, things we gotta dig, and it's gonna take some time. And one of the things they say about shoveling, that if you really properly shovel, you gotta use your, not just your hands, you gotta use your knees. Isn't that amazing, because spiritually, if we're going to dig, we also have to use our knees. you got to remember to do this. And all shovels are not created equally. And that means that the word of God is not every scripture doesn't apply to everything. And so you're going to have to dig into the word of God. And you're going to have to find the scripture for your situation. And you're going to have to dig and keep praying that scripture and keep quoting that scripture and keep worshiping that scripture until you see rivers of living water, till you see breakthrough in your life. Listen, there are all kinds of, there, there are hundreds of types of shovels. And there are thousands of promises, over 7,000 shovels or promises in the Scripture. Let me give you a couple of them. It may apply to you. It may be a shovel in your life. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, He will never leave ye or forsake me. Psalms 107 verse 2 says, I am the redeemed of the Lord. Psalms 5 and 12 says, The favor of the Lord surrounds me. Psalms 27 and 1 says, The Lord is the strength of my life. 1 John 4 and 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14, God always causes me to triumph in Jesus Christ Philippians 4 19 you shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus Isaiah 53 and 5 says with his stripes I am healed Psalms 1914 says let the words of my mouth be pleasing to the Lord the Word of God is our shovel spiritually and we got to dig through some things with the Word. Don't ever get tired of speaking the Word. Don't ever get tired of singing the Word. Don't ever get tired of praying the Word. Don't ever get tired of reading the Word. It's going it's to hurt sometimes, but keep speaking the Word. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 12 that for the Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Cutting between the soul or the soil of the soul and the spirit between joints and marrow, it exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. we got to use the word. Shoveling is a process of moving dirt and rocks and anything that's in the way of a solid foundation. Here's a quote that God gave me the other day. It was so powerful when I read it It was this faith can move mountains but don't be surprised if God hands you a shovel Amen. you gotta be intentional it's time church for us to dig again it's time for us to no longer sit back and make excuses and complain it's time to dig again and just like, just, just like there, every shovel is not created equally guess what all dirt is not created equally there are over 70,000 types of dirt or soil in America alone 70,000 and dirt has been proven to be good things dirt is the foundation of, of the earth almost all of plant life happens because of dirt dirt serves as nutrition dirt is is is, is amazing actually dirt has actually been a popular snack for many years for children and it hadn't killed anybody yet not that I know of kids be eating dirt all the time I'm not going to lie I ate dirt as a kid I just wanted to taste it and see that's what this really tastes like it was grimy and gritty I ate it as a kid I did and I'm here 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 says you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. I love it. Isaac dug again. And Isaac did some things that we have to do if we're going to see the potential of God happen in our lives. The Bible says in the, in the, in the book of uh, Genesis 26, and at the end there, it says. Verse 25, verse 32, excuse me. It said, it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the wells that they had dug. And they said, we have found water. We have found water. You will find water in your life. But you know what Isaac did? He did what we have to do. He built an altar. When he went to that land, he built an altar. He worshipped. The first thing he did was built an altar and gave God the glory. Gave his heart to God. He surrendered to God. The third thing he did is he set up camp, and he waited till the water began to flow. And they dug a well after well after well. What are the wells that we have to dig again? We have to dig the wells in our life if we want to see the flow. we got to dig the well of worship. We've got to dig the well of worship again in our lives. We can't just turn it on when we want to. We've got to dig the well of prayer. The, wor- the, wor- the, the well of prayer needs to be redug in our lives as the church and as believers. We must dig the well of community and fellowship. Listen, I know that some of you have, have been at home and you've watched church and you've gotten comfortable, but God is saying to you it's time to get out of your PJs. put on some clothes and come into the presence of God there's something that happens when we're in the presence of God I'm I'm telling you you got to dig that well again don't be afraid God is not giving you the spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind dig the well of fellowship and worship and prayer we got to dig the well of faith again we got to dig the well of serving We must dig the wells of evangelism. We must call this generation that are out there that's hurting and that are out there doing all those crazy things. Here's the thing, every person that is doing crazy things, every person that's living demonic and living in sin and doing all these things, they have the same soul, the same spirit that you have. It just hasn't been activated yet. And we need to dig the well of evangelism. God's called you to evangelize. God's called you to tell people about Jesus. It's time to dig the well of evangelism. It's time to dig the wells of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. It's time to dig that well for the presence of God to be in our lives again. It's time to dig these wells. We dig it by praying. We dig it by listening to God. We dig it by obeying Him. We dig it by speaking His word. We dig it by worshiping and praising Him. It's time to dig the wells, church. And here's the thing. I say this and I'm going to close my mouth. Whoever plays, come play the key, uh, play guitar. Come on up right now and just play. It's so easy when we're digging. It's so easy just to think about the this dirt. I gotta dig through. God said some things to you tonight. I know it. He said some things to me as I'm preaching this. I thought I knew everything He was saying to me but it's amazing when you get up preaching, He says more to you. He's saying some things to me. And it's so easy to be tempted and pay attention to the things that are wrong and bad in our lives. Here's what I believe the Lord is saying to us tonight. Focus on the water, not on the dirt. Focus on the water, not on the dirt. Pastor Richard, Sister Nancy, focus on the water, not on the dirt. My brother, God is saying to you, focus on the water. Not on the dirt. It's been dirty. I know it. Focus on the water. Not on the dirt. Focus on the water. See, God has not forgotten about you all. You're serving and you're doing some things and He's saying to you, I know the rehearsals and the practice and learning songs and you got family and all of that, but God has a harvest coming your way. Focus on the water. There's an anointing on you every time you open your mouth it's like a it's just like a prophetic anointing that comes on you, you just saying hi and it's anointed that's because God has placed something in your life and you got to focus on the water not on the dirt, he has so much more for you there's so much more he's going to use you he's gonna, people are going to be healed when you sing <clears throat> as a matter of fact it's the singing is just an avenue. The singing is just, that's really the thats the extra stuff. It's the calling that's on your life, the word that God is placing in your life. You're, you're, you're called to minister There's a prophetic anointing on you. I've seen it from the last night when you spoke, and it's just like immediately. So focus on the water, not the dirt. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody stand. Friends. Tonight, God is gonna do something that for some of us you haven't done in a while and and I know it's so difficult I want you to close your eyes right now and I just want you to focus on what God is saying to you right now some of you it's time to dig and you know what you have to dig through and to dig sometimes it's dirty and people see you ever seen somebody that they don't care they know what they do for a living they dig dirt and they construction and they'll walk in the store and they got dirt all over them their hands are grimy uh, it's just dirt everywhere but they're not ashamed of it why because they realize they've been focusing on something else that work is producing something else. Else in their life, and tonight God is telling you, whether you're in the balcony, are you standing here today, or even if you're streaming live and watching this, God is saying it's time for you to take some steps to dig deeper, and God is calling you to the altar, and like and just like and, and just like Isaac, he he Isaac was a man of God, and often we think that the altar is all about people is just you know getting rid of stuff. God is saying tonight it's time to take stand it's time to dig deeper and it's time to worship him like never before it's time to set a tent up it's time to worship him at the altar and tonight God is calling us to the altar it's time to dig again and you know who you are and God is saying to you right now come to the altar doesn't mean you're not saved and maybe you may need Jesus in your life but it's time for you to come into the presence of God and take a stand you've been hiding too long you've been in the dark you've been behind the scenes you've been one one. it's time to break out in Jesus name and so I want you to come to the altar right now I want you to come to the altar men there are people marriages husbands and wives need to come to the altar together tonight and worship the Lord together there are, there there are people here tonight you've just been at a standstill come to the altar and worship the Lord worship the Lord just like he did come and do something that you haven't done in years I mean in years. We've been stuck in our houses. We've been in a pandemic. It's time to break out through praise and prayer. It's time to get in the presence of God, church. I'm telling you, don't wait on me. Just start praying. Start worshiping Him. Start beginning Him giving Him glory. Begin to declare Jesus as Lord of your life. The worship team, you can sing whatever the Lord leads you to sing. Go ahead, hallelujah. Who else? Come on up, come on. Yeah, this how we fight your battle. Come to the altar, just as Isaac did. Worship him. Call him up.